Hello and welcome back to Atomic Geekdom. My name is Dave. Hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful week as we edge ever closer to Thanksgiving and the new normal for Black Friday, I hope, where people have off of work and can enjoy time with their families and not live that retail life. But some people like that. So to each their own. I'm not judging. Uh, Joining me today to talk about quite many things is Kyle. Hey, what's up, everyone? And Jenny. Hi. Hi. She's just hi. A, meek, a, a meek hi. I'm, uh, I'm all snotty and like sneezy and all the dwarves. It is the season of germs and allergies and staying home because you have those germs and allergies. Oh, dude. If the weather can just stabilize... If it wants to be cold, cool. Be cold. If it wants to be hot, cool. Be hot. But this every other day, shit. There we no go. Bueno. Just throw it out. <laughs> so hi. Yeah. Um, all right. We're going to jump right into things because we got a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, we're going to talk about season two, episode three of The Mandalorian called The Heiress. Lots of spoilers. We're going to try to clear some things up for people who don't know. Uh, certain things, why you should have been excited when a certain helmet came off, um, why you heard thousands and thousands of geeks squee uh, as they watched that episode, um, cry out in joy, I guess Obi-Wan might say, instead of cry out in pain. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk some headlines, and then we got a topic to talk about at the end. Uh, so let's start with headlines. We're not going to try it. We're going to try not to linger too long on each one, but there's a few things we should talk about. <clears throat> Um, Witcher season two with Netflix has halted production due to multiple COVID cases. So you got to wait a little bit longer for those that did enjoy season one of the Witcher, which there are some, and then there are others who didn't finish it because they thought it was dumb. And I have a cat moving my screen. Stop scrolling. Or those who haven't even started it. I'd say at least, at least watch it. I mean, if you have any game knowledge of the game, I've played Witcher three and that's it. Yeah, I say check it out. Plus, plus the the, the girl is super super hot. Uh, it's it's Superman. Show. Wow, I'm the I'm the one odd person out. I do not get it. I've tried to have people explain it to me. I hated that show, and I I went into five episodes of it. I held out, going, it's just not connecting, but I'll find the okay in it. Hated that show. I say Worst watch writing it. I have ever, ever had to sit through. I say watch it just for the bard at some point. He's hilarious. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Leslie Headland teases she's got a female-led Star Wars series coming to Disney+. Plus. Um, it doesn't really say... Uh, well, here's the quote. It, it's a, a pocket of the universe and a pocket of the timeline that we don't know much about. I kind of see if Star Wars is a religion, I like to think of my show as a tent revival. You can come on over if you want to. We're going to be talking about some cool stuff. There's going to be some things we haven't discussed in the canon yet. There are going to be some characters you don't know. So there you go. Something different coming to, to Disney Plus eventually. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jeff Nichols will write and direct a third A Quiet Place film. We have not yet seen the second one. <laughs> but there's going to be a third one. Well, yeah, we were supposed to. Ha- you you had tickets for it. <laughs> you were going oh, to go. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, then they, yes. they locked, it, locked it down even further. Yeah, it seems so long ago now. <laughs> yeah, I barely remember that. I'm surprised you did. Uh, it's can, the little things. Can I things. throw this out there real fast, though? Can the studios just agree that just fucking put it on streaming? Charge 30 bucks to rent it, call it done, and just get these movies out? Because I've been waiting since, what, what was that? April was when A Quiet Place 2 was supposed to come out? March, I thought. Something like that. And now it's like going into December, and they're like, we'll release it in December. And now they're like, well, we're not going to release it yet. And it's the same with Tenet, and it's the same with all. It's like, I would have at least rented them twice at this point because I'm kind of over TV shows. I want to watch, I want to sit down and watch a movie. And they're there. They're just being assholes and not releasing it for us fragile fragile flowers that have to stay up. I, I, okay, I think it's part and parcel, not just that they want to make the money back. Of course mm-hmm. it's that. But I also think it's they want to help the theater business. Um, because if there's nothing to release when theaters can open up, they're they're doomed. They're I mean, more um, doomed. I hate than they to are. be the bearer I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but theaters are not opening up until next summer. Okay. So yeah. I, I they're honestly still, they're still open though. They're open now. They're only in certain areas, and most of those areas being the people are like, we don't need to wear masks. It's fine. I mean, it's hard to not, find fine theaters <laughs> open in like metropolitan areas. I mean, they exist. I mean, the big ones that's keeping everything going here in LA is the drive-in theaters. They're doing them on top of parking structures, and there's the big Tiki Mission Tiki drive-in that does movies now every night, and mm-hmm. like so there are some. But why here? I'm going to get on my soapbox for a minute. Why not work together and make the money off the streaming and then donate it to the businesses that are struggling? You know, it's the same with like the restaurant industry is now leaning, you know, leaning some of their help over to the bar industries because the bars can't open unless they serve food. So like there's a big move here where restaurants are opening and they're then donating money to the bar industries that can't open. And because we're all in this fucking together, it's like, just release the damn movie so people can have something and let me spend my money on that. And then that money can then in turn go back to the movie theaters because I, I, I can't go. So I'd say, I'd say this is a, a conversation for a different podcast just because the restaurant business also is in a place where it's not going to recover anytime soon. No, not at lots, all. Lots of restaurants are done. Um, and unless you're a chain like an Applebee's or whatever, you're kind of screwed. And I get that side of it. I, I, I'm more on the side of stay home, but I understand the business side of things. We'll talk about that in a different episode. But, um, but yes, so we will wait longer. Release the movies. For That's A Quiet package. Place 2 and then A Just Quiet Place 3. It. And we're also going to wait longer now for Fantastic Beasts 3 as that moves to summer 2022 and it is going to do so now without Johnny Depp because of all of the bad press surrounding him and his relationship with Amber Heard. Whatever side you're on, that's wonderful. I don't, you know, if she's a victim, if she's the one that did the harm, we'll never know the truth. Um, but she's staying in Aquaman too, apparently. He's not staying in Fantastic Beasts 3. You know, can, we'll see. Uh, um, can we just like not have like personal drama come into our movies too? Like that would be my other. I'm in a very like, like Sudafed induced like. 
Well, here's a, here's a dramatic situation you won't know anything about, but you can chime in if you want. Uh, the a fired Superman and Lois writer speaks out about her departure and the fact that she couldn't get anything heard and that the only bad guy they have is a black man, um, that Lois is not going to be this, I can do it all, be a reporter, be a mother. It's going to be, I have to be a mother. I can't juggle my life while Superman does it all. Um, things are not good politically behind the scenes of Superman and Lois. Um, when you look at other shows that do well with um, being more progressive and more current in times like Supergirl, <clears throat> Black Lightning, um, Flash to an extent, Arrow to an extent, um, and then Legends of Tomorrow, they have a giant blue stuffed animal, so who knows. Um, but so yeah, Superman and Lois needs to figure some things out. Also, it's already going. It's already going in with a strike against it because Supergirl's gone now, and now all they have is Superman and Lois. And it feels very much like, well, we got Superman. We don't need Supergirl anymore. It, whether that's the case or not, it feels that way. It does feel like is, that, and this is the first I've heard about that news. Oh yeah, that's been going for a week now. Oh, snappies. two two questions. Is that is. Are they getting hit hard too with the the new wave of DC layoffs? Like uh, not that I know. Not I, that I, know. I, I think the DC layoffs is for the comic comic industry, not the TV media industry. Not the studio side. And then on the second note, I have in this conversation is we're getting there slowly but surely, but. I'm glad that they're at least talking about it. Like watching, you know, all the political stuff going on when they were talking about Kamala Harris, it's like all they could talk about was how good of a mother she was and that she wore Chuck Taylors and look at how nice her suit is. You know, <laughs> right. it's like, we've got to get to the point where the first thing when you talk about a woman is not how great of well, a parent they are or a well, mother like they a, are, how they support at, their husband and what are they wearing or right. who is their love interest? That's the other thing, you know, ask, ask Ask Scarlett Joe like how she handles all those uh, Marvel interviews and such. It's like we're, we'll get past it. It's been an uphill battle, but hopefully. Then she, then Scarlett Joe went off. Lewis. Then Scarlett Joe went off and married a writer from SNL. I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be opposed to being a love interest to Scarlett Joe. Um, pretty awesome. <laughs> I wouldn't mind being a love interest in Scarlett Joe. Also, yeah, part it's of it, like we'll get there, we'll get there, but it's I, it it's doesn't happen overnight. Is, right, and at least though people are bringing it up as like, hey, Superman and Lois, you might have some flaws in your scripts, you know? Right. Uh, the Bechdel test was a part of her conversation. It failed miserably. The uh, what? The Bechdel test. Jenny, do you know what the Bechdel test is? I actually don't. Please elaborate. I might be saying it wrong. It might be Bechdel, but it's basically, um, does your plot revolve around a woman who is doing her own thing or does it involve her around, like, does her storyline simply revolve around a man? Gotcha. So that's, that's the Bechdel. That's, that's the very, very loose definition of the Bechdel test. Um, does, this, does this woman, this female lead, does she have a storyline that's not centered on a man? Like, which is going to be hard uh, in a married relationship. Well, right, but the man doesn't have to be the main focus of her arc. Well, and, and that, <laughs> I mean, that's going to be a, right, right. That's what I was going to say is that's going to be an interesting, you have to have somebody that's really intelligent with writing that can pull this off because Superman 
steals the show no matter what. I mean, it's mm-hmm. fucking Superman. But you have to you have to be able to dive into Lois's character more of how she handles things within a world of Superman. And it w- it could very much be parallel to women okay. just in general in a world, you know, that is revolved around men. So they here's could the, do a great job with it. Here's the actual definition. And I failed. I was wrong. Uh, the Bechdel-Wallace test is also known as, not, not just the Bechdel test, is a measure of the representation of women in fiction. It asks whether a work features at least two women who talk to each other about something other than a man. The requirement that the two women must be named is something sometimes added, meaning there's just not side characters or just, you know, whatever. Um, about half of films meet this criteria. Passing or failing a test is not necessarily indicative of how well women are represented of any specific work. Rather, the test is used as an indicator for the active presence of women in the entire field of film and other fiction and to call attention to gender inequality in fiction. Media industry studies indicate that films that pass the test perform better financially than those that don't. So there you go. Uh, just their, their conversation <laughs> has to be about anything other than men. So a rom-com would probably fail every time. Um, well, and it's, it's true. Like, I, and I think that like society in general do think that women just sit around and talk about how hot somebody's, you know, some guy is, who they want as their boyfriend, what their boyfriend is doing, you know, how many kids they're going to have, are they going to get married, what's their wedding dress going to look like. And like, seriously, like, when, like, I'm out with my girlfriends, and we're talking about things, it's usually about trying to overcome a thing in Adobe Photoshop or you know have we watched a TV show you know it's it it rarely comes back to relationships I mean it does you know especially if you're in a group where they're married you're married you do talk because you are a community of people within it but it's not how is he making me feel and you shouldn't take that you know it's not those type of conversations so i think if if they are approaching this in that manner where they're at least questioning this they could come out on top with a really good script if they actually apply it you know and i forgot to mention that also lana lang is in the show played by emmanuel shrieky and her husband is abusive and also a black man and an alcoholic and things of that nature and so the two persons of color characters in your show are basically villains. Mm. That's a problem. Especially, doesn't, yeah. Doesn't look but, good. But there's not going to be a love triangle. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's the thing too. They they <laughs> definitely said that they did not want to do a love triangle between two married couples. Great. So, I would hope. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, well, it's well, a, we're well beyond that point in the story with these three characters. Well, it's the CW. Yeah. All right. Moving on. <laughs> uh, WandaVision has been confirmed to have been filmed partially in front of a live studio audience. Uh, for, the black, for the black and white sitcom stuff, they filmed it in front of a live studio audience. I think it's awesome. I can't wait and for this show. They also asked uh, Dick Van Dyke like his input on stuff yeah. about that too, which I'm like, that's, that's fantastic. And they're also like, I don't know if you're going to say this, but they're like going to go from the 50s all the way to now in the in the series. Um, Netflix has renewed, and for those all thinking they're only canceling shows, you're wrong. Netflix has renewed the Umbrella Academy for a third season. So 
we'll get more wacky hijinks in time travel and whatnot. Um, I love that crew. They're fun. All the cast and stuff is really fun to follow on Instagram too. If you're not doing that, really yeah, fun. they are. They are crazy. A crazy bunch. I've got some time to get caught up on my Doctor Who. Uh, production for season three has just season thirteen. Excuse me, has just started. So there's time left there. Um, Sean Levy, director of the movie Free Guy, which is with Ryan Reynolds, says the movie is more timely now than ever. If you want to, okay, so Sean Levy, I'm going to say this once and I'm going to move on quickly. Sean Levy is one of the executive producers of Stranger Things. Also, all three seasons he's directed at least a couple episodes and that too. He's doing this movie. He's got his fingers in a ton of projects that are very successful. He's part of the reboot of Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix, all of these things. But if you want to see what Sean Levy, the actor, was like in the 80s, there's a movie called Zombie Nightmare that Master Science Theater 3000 does, and he is in it as one of the worst 80s villains, like, dudes ever, and it's awesome. Zombie Nightmares is one of the best movies to watch and laugh at. Highly recommend it. Tia Carrera is in it. It's, like, one of her first movies. Uh, Adam West is in it. Um, it's just outstanding. We should maybe do it one night. Um, just uh, hang out. Just watch this. It's so good. Okay. I'm moving on now because Sean Levy's a good director and he's a good creative guy, but the acting role is awful. Um, awful, but great. <laughs> um, all right. So Millie Brown, Millie Bobby Brown is set to star in another Netflix movie called Damsel. Good for her. She's getting tons of work. Uh, Painkiller is going to get a backdoor pilot in the season four episode of Black Lightning. So we're getting more CW shows potentially. Um, if we ever shut down again, if, but it won't happen. And, you know, if everything goes correctly, we all get paid for everything. Black Lightning is the one show I want to binge. You mean if Wisconsin gets shut down? That's what I meant to say because two other states, three of us are from Wisconsin. <laughs> other states are shutting down again, like Illinois and Chicago and, you know, cities, Chicago. Uh, the government would have, the, the federal government would have to shut us down because the Supreme Court said, no, we're not shutting your yeah. city down. Or your state. Seattle, anyway, Seattle went in lockdown today. I just, um, I just want to. On, on uh, back to, um, we we were up to I think level four, and now we're back down to level one. So we're we're almost all locked down again, probably by the end of this coming week. I just our numbers, stuff. Our numbers are worse than New York City, so that's that's why things need to change here, and they're not. Anyway, uh, Marvel executives, uh, why this was ever brought up is beyond me, but I'm glad they said they're not doing it have shot down rumors of a digital Chadwick Boseman in Black Panther 2. Good. That's dumb. Don't do that. Uh, wrapping things up here pretty quickly, Chris Pratt is joining the cast of Thor Love and Thunder. So Star-Lord will be in that movie, which is fantastic. Those two guys argue about who's in control. Um, that's always fun, regardless of Chris Pratt's politics. Uh, Seth Rogen, which I knew this was only a matter of time since they did this with DuckTales. Seth Rogen's developing a Darkwing Duck reboot for Disney+, Plus, which he's already been on DuckTales, so mm -hmm. do it. Get that, get that, that going. Uh, that episode is free on YouTube if you want to watch it. <laughs> oh, I, I still gotta catch, I gotta catch up on all those episodes. All the voice acting in that show, I can't even believe who they all have for that show. I know. <laughs> uh, Zack Snyder says he's only filled four new minutes of footage for this brand new Justice League movie. Uh, Joker will have a new look. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Sylvester Stallone says he's in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad movie, so <laughs> try to find him in there. I'm sure it's going to be something you got to search for. 
Uh, Peter Stormare, who is a villain, um, says a Constantine sequel is in the works. No, not the good Constantine, the TV version, the Keanu Constantine, the one who is not Constantine. The one who is not blonde and British. <laughs> right. Here's the funny. Here's the funniest thing about this is like I was never a really big Constantine fan, but I enjoyed the movie and didn't like the show, so I'm all like. The show is peak Constantine. So is, so is he. He's also on Legend. So it's you get all the fill there too. It was an interesting movie, but it has like, aside from certain arcs of the character, it has like nothing. It's like Catwoman almost, like the Catwoman movie they did with Holly Berry. Mm-hmm. Um, I just has shares a name. Okay, last couple things here. <clears throat> uh, we talked about Johnny Depp leaving Fantastic Beasts three. Mads Mikkelsen is in talks to replace him um, as the evil wizard. I'd be okay with that. Universal Pictures and uh, Dwayne Johnson are planning a Scorpion King reboot. It's uh, yeah, and then WandaVision gotcha. finally is going to premiere in January. So we only have to wait a couple more months for new Marvel content. Yeah, the only the only Marvel content we got this whole entire year was eight was season seven of Agents of Shield. Let that sink in. <laughs> I have. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's talk all things Mandalorian. Season two, episode three came out this Friday. I woke up. Uh, I usually wake up at five because I'm old and I have meds that I have to take at 5 a.m. And I decided to heck with it. I'm staying up. I'm watching it. It's on. I need to know is this when we meet Ahsoka Tano? No, not you. Um, <laughs> uh, and it wasn't. Okay. Spoilers. For the episode, chapter 11, The Heiress. If you have not seen it, we're going to talk about episode details, character reveals, and some theories, possibly, that could be spoilerific if they are true. So, chapter 11 is The Heiress, written by John Favreau, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. And if you're watching carefully, you can see she's got a couple Easter eggs from her father's work, Apollo 13. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a scene that's lifted right from Apollo 13 in there when the spaceship is basically crash landing to the planet it's the pod from alien uh, alien from apollo 13 um she even confirmed it on twitter so uh it picks up right as where we left off uh the razor crest is flying out to trask past the giant gas planet call aben i guess this is what it's called delivering the frog lady and her babies uh unfertilized eggs meaning that's just like you eating an egg out of the fridge so Baby Yoda is not the the genocidal maniac that we all thought he was last week. Um, these are unfertilized eggs, but they're the last of her lines. So let's ease off. Let's not get too too crazy there, Yoda, uh, baby Yoda child thing. Um, well, plus, he was not listening to Mando. Mando told him multiple times, "No, that is bad," and he's still like, "Yeah, the little shit." Um, some funny moments when the ship is coming down, they basically have no landing gear and he's bringing it in. He's like, Oh, we got it. And then he pushes a button and then they land, but it crashes into the water. <laughs> it's fantastic. In which you're going to get to see a converted AT-80, uh, turned into like this little, uh, towing machine that lifts ships out of water if they need to. And, uh, he hires a Mon Calamari dock worker to fix the ship, uh, as best as he could, I guess. Um, who was voiced by 
um, Juliana. She was she was the main lead in Battlefront Two. Oh, come on now, Dave, help me! I don't know what you're talking about. the 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 main The main woman in Battlefront Two, the Imperial person. Uh, oh, Janina Govinker. Yes, her. Yes, her. Yes, she's amazing. I want her character to be in the show. Yeah, no, that she voiced the Moncal. Moncal uh, Mari. Nito. Hey, just, you know, useless information I got for you. <laughs> uh, so they find the the, 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 the the wife frog man, I guess they'd call him. Because um, frog woman is all she's credited as in the in the credits. Um, and they end up going to a bar, right? And that's where they find... Uh, that's where Din, I'm going to call him Jaren Din, finds... Um, Somebody to help them about the Mandalorians to, to, to see where they are or something like that. Um, the frogs lead Jaren and the child to an inn, which is frequented by Mon Calamari and Corrin race creatures. The Mon Calamari server directs Jaren and the child to a certain table. And then he gets the, the child a bowl of chowder, which is his greatest foe yet. A face hugger jumps out of the bowl of chowder. And all, all Mando says is don't play with your food funny be can protected. i just say that i love this planet just because it totally reminds me of like the pacific northwest so I, the whole time i felt felt kind of at home on this planet it's all and water squid you know squid octopus like chowder yeah um yes uh so the server also says the child uh serves the child says that the others with beskar have been through there and they speak to a quarren boatman while the child tries his soup and then a cephalopod creature jumps out and eats, tries to eat the child's face, but the Mandalorian saves him. Um, and then the, the corn Bowman says he can take Jinn to more of his kind, but it's going to cost him it's a few hours away. And this is when the Mon Calamari should have known better and said, it's a trap. Uh, they jump on the boat um, and they're watching this Mamacor, I think it was called. Uh, they're, they're feeding the Mamacor and they throw the, the child into the, the cradle into the, the thing's mouth, uh, hence trap. Um, and the Mandalorian jumps in there and is trying to get out. And, um, yeah, that's when, that's when we, we get our first glimpse at three new Mandalorians led by a female and they quickly dispatch of our pirates and the Mamacor and everyone is okay. Uh, but we get to have this cool conversation between three Mandalorians and our Mandalorian as they, uh, they find out the child is alive, but the, the cradle is damaged. <clears throat> Din explains the, the quest to read the child is kind and the three Mandos remove their helmets, which gasp Mando is not happy about immediately. And we see, we've got Axe Woves who's played by Kyle. Um, uh, you know what? I have him. Simon Cassianetti's that guy, Agents of Shield alum, and we also meet Koska uh, Reeves, played by Sasha Banks of the WWE. Uh, so or, she is, or Mercedes, whatever her real name yes, is. Her real name is smartly getting credited as her real name, so as WWE can get none of her money. <laughs> um, and Mercedes then last. Sandra? 
last but not least, uh, Katie Sackoff reprising her role from the Clone Wars as Bo-Katan Chris. Kyle, you probably remember it better than you, I could off the top of my head. Who is Bo-Katan? Bo-Katan is the sister of, I forget her name, but the love interest that Obi-Wan had in the Clone Wars. But this love interest died sh- close to the end of the series. And Bo-Katan, near the end of the series of Clone Wars, was the head mandalorian in charge some time has passed now right so, so okay i thought you could help me more but i know more i guess oh, apparently I, uh, I mean i mean what else do you need to know so she was part of a sect of mandalorian oh, called death, death watch. watch uh and then became a part of a subsect called the yeah night owls wasn't it something owls night stalkers no, they were the owls. Something yeah. owls. I know I'm that. Yeah, uh, it was the night owls, right? They were Pretty the sure. terrorist group, though. Correct? Like, night owls is correct. Yep. <laughs> that's when they. That's when they broke off of the Death Watch. Um, so the Death Watch is part of the clan that Mandalorian now belongs to. He's part of the Children of the Watch which there's religious zealots that broke away from the Mandalorian society. So their way is not the way of the Mandalore. Um, it's theirs is a more war happy uh, way of things. Whereas the, this version of the Mandalorian, the, 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 the night owl or the, the version that Bo-Katan wants to see restored is not the the way basically. And that's why they're, their helmets are being taken off and all these things. But, of course, Mando says no, and they just blow away and fly off with the child. And he's like, none of this, y'all. Um, and then the other three blow up the ship as they leave. And then uh, <laughs> the Quarrens want the revenge uh, on Din Djarin, and he's in some trouble yet again. And, of course... The Mandalorians come back and they saved in uh, once more, even though they he hath offended them. Um, they still saved him because they need him. Basically, um, she explains, uh, uh, Bo Katan explains to Man- the Mandalore that there's this ship, this Imperial ship on their planet here that has all these weapons they need that she can use to plant her seed on the Mandalore throne. And Jin replies that Mandalore is a cursed planet that everyone that goes there dies. The empire made it see that way. So no one could control it. Um, but then Bo-Katan tells him not everything he hears should be believed because their enemies want to separate them and that the Mandalorians are stronger together. Uh, Mandalorian says he's not part of the plan because he has been quested with returning the child to the Jedi, which Bo-Katan says she knows about the Jedi. Um, Jin uh, Jaren says he knows nothing about them. It says he was hoping that they would help him uh, just by the, the creed of the Mandalore, basically. Um, and that's when Sasha Banks and the child have a little moment because she's eating noodles and the child wants them, so he coos, and it looked like they're having a fun time together. Um, but yeah, so Mandalorian um, agrees to help because Bo-Katan will lead him 
to the Jedi. And is it at that point or is it later that she says the name? I think it's at the end. It's yes. It's at the end. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Mandalorian leaves the, the baby with the frog peoples yet again. Um, and you can see inside one of the eggs has started to hatch. So they got down to business in the little time that they were gone. Um, and started fertilizing them eggs. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they do this this mission in which we get to see yet another Deadwood alum. Uh, Titus Welliver shows up in the cast as an Imperial officer. Uh, he's also from Supernatural. He was on Lost. He was the Man in Black on Lost. He's basically been in a ton of things. Agents of Shield. He's been on. He's the main character of the show Bosch, which is still going on. I think. Um, so yeah, he's been everywhere. It's cool to see him in star Wars. Um, and as a vile, vile character, uh, but the Mandalorians get on the ship and they start wreaking their havoc, trying to get their way to the weapons. Um, and it's at that time that the captain of the ship played by Talos Welliver contacts Moff Gideon, our first time seeing the Moff this season. And he knows what they're after basically. And says, you know, they can't, they can't be allowed to live basically. And he wants him to destroy the ship, much to the chagrin of the two pilots of the ship, who are basically just kind of like, "What? We're, you're going to kill us? But we work for you." Uh, they don't know. They don't know the way of the empire. Clearly, um, they get their way to the 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 uh, the the what is it called? The deck, I guess the the main pilot Our area. The no. The bridge, yeah, I guess you call it the bridge. Um, and because at that time he was going to take the ship down, um, just make it crash. He had killed his two pilots. He was going to make it crash. They get in there. The captain replies, long live the Empire, before shooting the deck officer and the pilot dad. Takes control of the freighter, attempts to crash it. <clears throat> Realizing that that was going on, the Mandalorians all get in there um, uh, with, with help from Mandalore. He does the, the bulk of the work. Um, with his grenades and, and whatnot. And they get in there, and Bo-Katan threatens the captain, demanding to know the location of the Dark Saber, which was last we saw in her hands and usually does not change hands unless the other person has been killed. Now we see both of them are alive. So what's the happening here? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so he has already sent out a distress signal, and then he commits suicide, basically. And... Yeah, they save the ship, right? Yeah, they do. With uh, so it's Sasha and Din who are piloting the ship back up. Yeah. Um, she uh, Mandalorian was not impressed. He she wanted the ship for other reasons. She uh, changed the plans, so to speak. Um, it was very Orlando Cloud City type moments. See that I don't see. Uh, what does he say? Uh, see that I don't change the plans further or something like that. I can't remember the exact terminology. Yeah. 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 Uh, Very much from that moment. Um, But he, uh, he does get the information. Bo-Katan tells the Mandalorian to take the foundling to the city of Caladan on the forest planet of Corvus, where he will find Ahsoka Tano. They say the freaking name. Which, then we finally get confirmation that, hey, she's actually going to be in this season. Hopefully. Probably on the very last episode for five seconds. <laughs> uh, the, theory, the running theory right now is because 
because it is a um uh a what's the dude's name? Uh, why can't I think of the guy's name? The guy who created Which one? Uh, Dave Filoni. Yes, because it's a Dave Filoni thing, and he loves that character so much that will be two episodes till we see her again because that's his episode. Gotcha. That makes that makes sense and even better. Yes, because sooner than later would be great. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, and if and but we still don't know for sure who's actually playing Ahsoka. We yeah. have rumors, but we don't have concrete proof. Right, and there's still a chance that we could get Sabine as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Bo-Katan tells the Mandalorian to tell Ahsoka Tano that he was sent by her and thanks him saying that his bravery won't be forgotten. She says that this is the way and Mm -hmm. Jaren answers in unison before departing through the airlocks. So, and um, basically the, you know, we kind of rent and things up here with uh, a reunion with the frog couple, the child's playing with the tadpole under the parents' supervision. So he's not going to eat the tadpole. Thank you. Um, he congratulates the couple and we have a happy little ending there. Um, thousand credits does not fix the ship the way the Mandalorian wanted it to be fixed, but whatever they get into the cockpit of the razor crest. Um, uh, and then as they're taking off another tentacled creature surfaces and climbs several cables attempting to descend upon the child, but the Mandalorian catches it and throws it into the sea. Um, and then the Jaren tells the child that he knows where he's taking him, but it's going to be a bumpy ride. And he goes into hyperspace and a little piece of the ship gets left behind. So, mm-hmm. um, take that for what it's worth. But I think the main thing from this episode is awesome. We got, we got Bo-Katan from the Clone Wars. We got confirmation of Ahsoka Tano in this world. Um, and then we also got the, I think the main arc for Mandalorian for the next couple seasons is rebuilding Mandalore and the Mandalorian um, line, I guess. Um, this is a side quest. This thing with the child is a side quest. It's going to come down to basically, I think, a civil war between the Mandalorians again of which way is the right way. And I think it's going to crux a lot on which side he chooses. Um, this will be like their th- third civil war, I think. Not unheard of <laughs> for civilizations. Uh, no. Especially when you're battling over power and the dark saber, and who knows, he could end up with dark saber when it's all said and done. So I don't think this is the last we're going to see of Bo-Katan. Um, prob- m- maybe the last we've seen of these other two side characters. Who knows? That they weren't really big characters, but they did play a role, and they kind of are her right hands. So. Mm-hmm. It's it's possible we'll see them. I mean, Sasha did get one line, and the other dude got like a line or two. She got like three. Yeah, so good on them. Overall, best episode this season. Although I still remain, I love the first episode, but they said Ahsoka Tano, Bo-Katan showed up, and she looked amazing as the character from Clone Wars. Um, they looked identical to me, so it was just some cool stuff. It's just like worlds colliding. Um, I, I enjoyed it a lot, and I'm very much looking forward to the rest of the season. We're not even halfway through yet, but um, we're getting there. And it's slow, slow, steady pace. But what do you guys think? I liked it. Um, it's super fun. Um, I still am a fan of episode one. That's the best episode ever. It had everything I wanted. Um, I don't do all the side Star Wars stories. So like the characters are familiar, but they're not anybody I'm invested in like you are, Dave. So it's like, it's 
I don't know if I have that same excitement because of that. But with that being said, I still, I still loved it and it was super fun. And that's, that's kind of the, the overall feedback, like from Star Wars fans. I saw a TikTok that's like a non-Star Wars fan watching, watching episode three. And then this guy's just in there. Who's this chick? Am I supposed to know who this is? And then it cuts to Star Wars fan with just a little bit of knowledge. And he's like dancing around with his lightsabers and stuff. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. All right, Kyle, your thoughts? Uh, I, I fully enjoy this episode. It's, it's on par with the first one. Um, there's a little bit more action in the first episode, but there's a lot more sustenance with episode three than episode than the first one. And plus world building and connecting canon is just always awesome in my book. And the fact that we got Clone Wars Rebels characters coming or arriving or have been here is always great in my book i need more of that plus we need to see what happens to ezra ezra right uh yeah and i think i think you're just fine in this episode not knowing who she was mm-hmm. you got a, you got a bit of the backstory from her um and her intentions and in getting the black saber from goff midian or, or uh, moff moff gideon excuse me um so there was that there and then it was just an extra layer of fun for those that did watch clone wars so um more excitement because it's katie sackoff you can realize i think most people would know that that means it's a main character because of the actress mm-hmm. um that's, that's an important character i guess um even though ming na wen was in an episode and she died right away <laughs> so never mind uh did she die all right keep keep rolling <laughs> with this theory we've been to tattooing twice since then and nothing season three <laughs> right all right. Uh, final thing for today, just because things are still crazy. We're still got these lockdown questions. COVID is still ever present in our daily lives and wreaking havoc on the world, not just our country. Um, and, you know, financially people are, are struggling. Um, this election has put a lot of stress and anxiety on people. So my question put forth to my friends here, what do you do to unplug from your, uh, you know, even before a pandemic and, uh, um, a politician who won't leave office. Um, what would you do after a long day of work to get to unplug or a bad day with a significant other or whatever, just to kind of remove yourself from the stress and the rigors of the day to day. What's, what's one of your go-tos to escape reality, I guess, Kyle. Uh, I watch YouTube. I watch a lot of tech videos on computers and i watch achievement hunter from rooster teeth that's a whole thing in itself um but Wait a i would a name drop more drama thank you for that hey well, that's why i said it's a whole other thing um but yeah no i i i like watching people play video games and for stuff that i can't afford apparently because it's just given to them and all that stuff but i mean i i I enjoy playing those games and I, and watching them to make to figure out if I actually do want to play those games. And then, I mean, just their commentary on everything, just them making me laugh is something that I could just push everything else out of my mind. And then stuff with like computers, it's just, it's stuff I want. I like doing, and it's, it can be stressful at times, like putting a computer together, but it can also be relaxing in itself. Uh, something I'm, I'm not an ASMR guy, 
but there's something about these TikToks of guys building desktops. It's just the sounds of everything clicking into its spot. It's so satisfying, <laughs> like like a RAM card or 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 a video card, just just click, and it's just satisfying. It's not an ASMR thing so much. Like, I guess it is. It's sound. Yeah, but I, I, I could never I listen to whispering and licking microphone. Like, oh, just anyway, it in the slot. It's going in. Click. That was <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> was, I can't believe the RAM, you. The RAM is seated correctly. That was, less <laughs> that was less filthy. That was, that was the point, my friend. All right, Jen, save me. Uh, balance, <laughs> yeah, no creepy computer uh, assembly required. Um, I don't know. I bounce all over the place. I go through those moments when I just want to deconstruct everything in my house because today is day 249 in the house. So getting starting to get the cabin fever extremely strong but um sort of ripping things apart and reorganizing getting rid of shit that I don't need that's been like kind of my go-to but then I just get into these like fits where I lay on the couch and I watch an entire 23 episode season of Supernatural so I'm almost to season eight so I've done a lot of that but um recently uh I find that I I really appreciate like apocalyptic books in this sense because you see stupidity all around you and in the books you know the stupidity is the villains basically but you always have these characters that are like rising up to save things which gives it like a a sense of hope in my weird demented brain so i am uh the I think it was a week ago, it might have been two weeks ago, the last book of the Rotten Ruin Broken Land series came out, which ties into the Joe Ledger series, and it's all my family of of characters I've loved over the years. Um, I've got one chapter left, so I'm very, very happy on how they did it. It's a lot of characters in the last book, but like I said, I've followed them through it, so I feel like we've been on this journey, and it's nice and sad to get to the end, but it's also awesome to see how some of it pans out. Um, and then tying into that, anything that I can that ties into those worlds. Um, another book comes out on Tuesday called Ink, which ties into another series of books that I love. So I'll be diving into that. So I've been doing like my my weekly walk around my neighborhood with my headphones in and diving into audiobooks. And both books are read by Ray Porter, who is the best audiobook reader on there just find ray porter books you'll be happy um so that's that's kind of how i've been dealing with it but i have to i have to disconnect from all the serious stuff um i do my one day read of news articles from like the new york times or what have you just to catch up on where things are and then the rest of it i'm like i'm out until next week because it just it changes too frequently if you're on every pin drop i i find myself going insane so so yeah that's how i've been been coping but i really want a really good movie and that's where i've been struggling is that i've watched a lot of the good movies on netflix um i've i've rented some i watched relic which was pretty good um the new horror movie um wasn't the best i love that director though he's the one that did the strangers so was stoked on that but i really would love 
something exciting. I, like back in September when Bill and Ted came out, that weekend was awesome. And then it followed by Milan. And I was just like, I get to see something new. So that's, that's kind of my sad point is I want something new, but the old stuff is holding up. Okay. I guess I've been lucky, you know, <laughs> it's weird to say that I go to true crime documentaries to unwind because it's not the case. I'm just addicted to them. Um, so there's a new one on Netflix I've been trying to get through, but I can't because every time I start it, I get distracted and I'm like, I just missed something. I need to go back. And that's something I don't want to just miss. Like it's a true crime thing. You want to hit every detail. Is there a clue that I might see or something? Anyway, uh, that's stupid. But uh, the thing I do to kind of unwind uh, or de-stress is I go to old sitcoms that I love. Um, something I don't have to think about something that's just there. So I'll watch like friends or it's always sunny right now. I'm binging through Reno 911. It's on HBO max. And I've never watched the whole thing. Like I've, I would catch an episode here or there on comedy central, but now I'm watching it all the way through and I'm just forgetting how funny some of that stuff is. And the guys that's, that's all made by if, if for, for us nineties people, that's all made by the people that did the States on MTV another staple of great comedy that did not last very long, but it was still amazing. And those guys all kind of stuck together and they did wet hot American summer and all the wet hot American sequels and TV shows and stuff they did with that. Um, like all of those characters and actors all work together all over the place. Like two of them made the night at the museum movies together. Um, even though they're barely in it, they're not the stars. They were, they wrote it and directed it and stuff like that. And then, Tom Lennon is a genius. Um, he's the main character on Reno 911. Um, and then Ken Marino is one of my favorites. That guy's everywhere, but he's not really a main character in Reno 911. But he was a character on Veronica Mars. Um, he's ball over the place. Anyway, uh, so that's another show. You know, I go back to Fresh Prince of Bel Air anytime I need to just chill and unwind. This Thursday is their reunion special on HBO Max, which I cannot wait for. It's not new episodes it's just them getting together and talking about everything and i just can't wait because i'll probably cry because um the james avery the father died uncle phil is not on the show anymore so that'll be sad to talk about but anyway uh or or i revisit old movies i love i try i don't go to new things when i need to to, to just just engage from reality i go to things i love because i know it won't let me down so like Princess Bride, Back to the Future, any any Star Wars movie be besides the prequels. Um, yeah, that was directed right at you, buddy. Um, anything 90s, 80s, I'll just throw on music, nostalgic music to, to unwind. I'll just throw on my 80s playlist or my 90s playlist and just kind of play a video game. Um, just anything to not think about what's going on. I still check the news every day. I don't watch the news. I read it. Usually I read the Google news stuff because I can find sources from everywhere and it's not just one thing. And they have a nice thing on the right side that's fact checking everything. So did they really say this or is this really true? And then they'll, they'll tell you that right there. Um, I still don't buy that face value. I still look further, but um even at work, sometimes at work, I'll take a 10 minute break and I'll just play animal crossing at work. Um, just because I've had a string of customers who are just being vile and I need to, otherwise I'm just going to lose it. So I just jump on my Nintendo. Yeah. Get my moment of Zen as, uh, what's his name might say. Um, but yeah, so just some things to detach, listen to a podcast. I have a lot of comedy podcasts I listen to, like how did this get made or, 
um, anything basically that's not political that they, they mentioned the certain things usually cause they're cognitive and they want to, they care about people, but the rest of the episode is them just goofing on whatever they're talking about. So I enjoy a good comedy podcast or an improv podcast. Like, um, it's one you might like Kyle. Uh, I think it's called roll 20 and basically they take, they make up their own story in a universe we love like Marvel or Pokemon and in order to decide which path their story goes down, they have to roll the dice like Dungeons and Dragons. So they have like a they have like a DM guiding them, but they're tell they're also playing three characters in the podcast. Okay. It's like I'll find that. the name I'll find the name and I'll share it with you. But I just it's kind of like it's kind of like the episode of Community where they roll the die to see who's getting the pizza, and exactly. Then they, and then they come with the darkest timeline. Exactly, exactly the yep. darkest timeline, and then they made a podcast off of that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, let me find the Quick name. Quick question, Dave. Um, on a side note, do you ever listen to the rewatchables? No, you've told me to, and I've know a couple people that that have said to do that too. It's it's Bill Simmons, but every time I listen to an episode, I'm like, Dave would fall so into the rabbit hole on this because they'll just they'll take like their their newest one is Toy Story, so they go through and they like they they breakthrough they have so many movies that you absolutely love and are like totally rewatchable and like when i listen to it i'm always like i totally agree with this i will rewatch seven 500 times because seven is such a great movie and and it it kind of justifies that feeling you have about something you love so much when they really scientifically break it down of like what holds up to the test of time and right. what would you would have happened if it got cast differently so anyway, throwing that out there for you because every time I hear it, I'm like, this is all Dave. Yeah, I hear other podcasts talking about it all the time and I always feel like I'm going to jump in on it. Um, but I never do. I'm always searching for the next true crime podcast. Uh, 20-sided stories is what it's called, Kyle. So check that out. Um, it is being checked out right now. There you go. Anything with Paul F. Tompkins, I'll listen to because he's a genius. The Green Knight. I don't know what story they're doing now. I went all the way back to the beginning, which is the Pokemon one. All right. Halo. <laughs> all right. That's going to wrap us up for this week. Um, I do want to say I watched the penultimate episode of Supernatural. That is the second to last episode ever. Um and yeah it hurts it hurts inside deep and down uh i don't this might be a potential spoiler but i don't know what they're going to do in the last episode because they've kind of wrapped things up in this episode so it should be interesting i'm not ready to say goodbye to these characters i love these characters i love this cast and crew um but one more episode left and so uh sometime as soon as jenny's finished we'll do a supernatural episode to wrap it all up um Wait, wait. I just got to where Cass is back, but Cass is back as somebody else, but then remembers, and then he has, like, now he's in the mental institute, like, locked in his head with Lucifer. So that's where I'm at in the scheme of things. But Sam's brain is back together somewhat. So I'm getting there. I'm almost (laughs) there. There's so much to remember, and I might go back and rewatch. I was kind of a plan I was going to do, but there's just, it's it's an undertaking for sure. I've been going since the end of July and I I'm I have to watch at least twenty episodes a week and I'm still only on season eight. You're cruising along. I'm on season eight. I haven't even finished season seven yet. <laughs> All right. Yeah. 
I will give it a shot. Oh, this guy. Kyle, Af- okay, Kyle. After, after I watch Ruby with the girlfriend, I will watch Supernatural with her because she said that she wants to watch another series. We just, we just finished our first watch of the Lord of the Rings series together. Uh, we just actually did that yesterday. I fell asleep three times because it's a, it's a long, long process. And she yelled at me for it. And I'm like, please. But no, I will, I will give it a shot. I don't know if I'll enjoy the first couple seasons because of how dated it is. Those are the best seasons, Kyle. Okay, can I throw because I protested watching it. I protested watching the show for quite a while because I have I have a friend that at a con almost passed out because they had their impala there and you got to see the the toys in the truck. And it's like I don't get this. It's like you only like this show because it's too hot, guys. That's that's the only (laughs) reason. It's CW stupid what what the hell and then this friend of mine um his wife like he does a bunch of cartoons and he's really funny his wife is just like i can't believe you don't watch that show and i'm like it just looks dumb and she's like but did you like the x-files and i'm like i love the x-files she's like it's like that but with humor like they can make fun of themselves and every episode is different she's like there's you know the smoky man storyline that over like sees the entire thing but then you just have a standalone vampire episode. She's like, you'll love it. Just give it a try. So I watched the first episode and it's dated because it's what, 2008 or so? Like this one? I can't remember. But 15 it's, years it's, ago would be 2005. 2005. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like. It was still on the WB. So. <laughs> yeah. Like you've got things where like they don't have cell phones and you know, like, or weird computer tie-ins where people still have typewriters and it's kind of like when I watched The Wire I'm just like this is so weird because it doesn't feel that long ago but it's that long ago but there there's you have to go in knowing that it's silly but then once you dive in it's so silly that you start to appreciate that how much they're making fun of themselves but then there's still that arc of seriousness where you you become invested in the characters so I when it was sold to me like that, I was like, I'll give it a try. And by the end of season one, I'm like, I'm in. It's all good. So, Kyle, I wish you luck. Go into it with an open open mind. And then when you get to the episodes where they become their actor selves, it's it's gold. And so I've, so I just I've love the comment what... of Swayze. If you're a ghost, you have to Swayze the shit out of things. So that that is also my favorite part. But there's only one rule in this pottery class: no ghost community. Um, I've I've seen I've seen one episode of Supernatural, and it was a Christmas episode, and it I just laughed at the writing because it was just terrible. So I could not. You have to appreciate that though. Like once you dive in, they were they were tied to really a chair and That's... some old people. The point is how, how ridiculous that episode is. It's not the writing. They, that's how ridiculous what happens to them is in that episode. I thought, what was that? 2000, saw it in 2008. That's yeah, that's seven two thousand eight. Season season. It's either season four or five because I've seen that episode. That's the one where they're they're the gingerbreads and they're eating like yeah. It's um, is that the one where they go back stupid. and forth where they show Sam and Dean and does kids too? 
What's well, the one where? Yeah, yeah, and it's like what? So that's where the Dean got his necklace. Right. That's the main point of that episode. Is what is happening between them as children. Everything else in that is just a joke. It's just insane happenstance crap that happens to these guys that are hunters. Um, Dude, but it's Kyle, to tell the story of the episode, necklace. There is an episode where Dean dies over a thousand times. It's that's and the every time it gets it gets better that, every time he dies and you're just like oh that's the Groundhog Day episode so good oh it's the like time loop episode go, <laughs> yes yes everyone go, has one you have to go into it just knowing that it's going to be stupid you can't think I mean the cast character alone has been one of my favorite things because it's an annoying character but Cass is has no clue how to be human. So him just discovering like satire and jokes is so dry and so ridiculous. I I'm fully in. I'm fully there in. I think I think I think you and your lady will enjoy it if you go in with that mindset. Because I think when I tried watching it before, I was just like, this is stupid. But go. So she likes it. She likes Supernatural and everything, but I've never seen her watch it. So I mean, if she. She'll be on board watching, rewatching it again, especially, uh, especially the newer seasons. And when probably a week after this episode, uh, the finale airs, it'll be on uh, Netflix. So we'll have access to that. And if not, I know who to ask, Dave. Yes, I have all the Blu-rays. <laughs> well, it's um, all on Netflix right now, and. Um that's my big worry is that now this last season's wrapping up and I'm just like, they better not hold out because I'm catching up pretty quickly. So it better be available by the time I get there. It should All right. Be. All right. While I love a good hype up for supernatural, let's wrap things up here. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to sum up another Mandalorian episode, which I'm sure will be great. And other things will be happening. I'm sure as well. So we'll talk about that as we edge ever closer to WandaVision too, coming to our Disney pluses uh, all around the world. And there's many other things to get excited about on TV as well. So uh, we'll be back next week. Anything else you'd like to add either of you? Goodbye. No, but I don't have anything else. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you can watch Kyle on Twitch whenever he goes live. Uh, yes, uh, twitch.tv slash kcrazy89. That's my username and handle. And um, me as well. I'm going to be wrapping up The Last of Us uh, 1 this week, I hope. Uh, twitch.tv slash djclark21. Um, you can subscribe and follow there and get notified every time I go live whenever I do I'm going to play some Fall Guys tonight but probably off stream just to kind of play around um, and have some fun but uh, we'll be back next week if you had fun tell a friend rate review us all that good stuff blah 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 uh, say goodbye bye